Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Track Talk. This episode is an excerpt from Live from My Drum Room with Tristan Bowden. And in this little excerpt, we talk about Tris's work with Kenny Loggins, including two of Kenny's biggest hits that Tris played on, Footloose, of course, which was a number one single, and I'm All Right, which of course we all remember from the Caddyshack movie, another great song. And Tris gives us a, a lot of insights on how those songs came to be. Uh, we talk about his great drum break in Footloose on his Simmons SDS-5 kit. We also talk about the drum kit he used to record I'm All Right and working with the legendary engineer Andy Johns. And uh, I'll play both of those tracks for you. And I've actually opted to play the live version of I'm All Right because what I didn't realize until we did this episode is Tris is singing the backup vocal during the bridge to I'm All Right on the live version. And... Uh, as great as that studio version is, the, the version you hear in the movie, this live version is just absolutely killer. There's so much energy. So enjoy the tracks. And again, check out the bridge section. That's Tris singing the backup. It's great. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Oh, man, look at that wall behind you. Have you, have you been in any famous bands or anything? Have you ever, like... Oh. Have you been? <laughs> I I gotta say you you know I I really feel like the luckiest guy in the world because of the people I've gotten to work with, and the songwriters and the songs I got to to play on and the producers I got to work with. I mean, I still am pinching myself. You know, when I was a kid and listening to the radio, and I always had my ear glued. I never in my wildest dreams ever thought I'd be able to hear myself on the radio, you know, and, yeah. uh, I never get tired of it. I got to tell you, <laughs> I never have. That's, that's so great, man. What a great, what a great, you know, outlook on it all. You know, it's, it's to see you all these years later, every bit is, as long as I've known you, Trish, this enthusiastic and, 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 uh, positive and all that energy, man, it's so great to see it. Oh man. Love it. Thank you. It it really is an inspiration. And I I gotta say, when you said that, you know, you don't get tired of it, I was gonna make a joke and say, Man, some of the songs you've played on, you could get tired of played so much. I mean, <laughs> how many times have we heard Footloose or you know, I mean and I mean that in a good way. No. It, you know, number one hit. <laughs> oh shoot, man. Well, that's a funny story, and I've told this story many times about that song. We didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny is, is to his credit, but also to sometimes our painful, uh, like, <laughs> but, but whatever. Anyway, he <laughs> loves to, to rehearse, and he's a perfectionist. And so uh, on the road, sound checks were not really sound checks. They were rehearsals, and two hours long. And it's still that way to this day. You know, oh, wow. I mean, when I yeah. left Chicago and went back to Kenny for a year, it was, I thought, mistakenly, it would have changed some. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, Kenny knew that that he had this song that was going to be in the, in this movie coming up, but had no idea it was going to blow up like it did. But uh, at the band at that time, it was Nathan East on bass and Buzzy Feetin on guitar and Neil oh, Lars on keyboards yeah. and Steve, a great band, you know. And uh, so uh, true to form, he had us uh, rehearsing hours on this song. And so we knew that song inside and out, every nook and cranny of it. And uh, 
So when we got off the road, we went into the record plant and we cut it in one take. Nathan East says it was one take. I think it was two. I think the first one was for sound and the second one was the, the actual take. And, uh, and I remember walking out of the studio. In fact, Kenny talks about it in his book because I reminded him uh, that Nate and I were sort of with our arms around each other. And said, That's the last time we'll ever have to hear that piece of crap again. <laughs> <laughs> and then it blew up number one all over the world at the same time. And I've got to say, back to hearing yourself on the radio, when I couldn't like change a channel and not hear that song, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I liked know. it a whole lot better. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that what a great i didn't i didn't know that backstory and, oh, you and uh, good. Yeah. no and and i just remember like you know the break you the break in the middle with they simmons pads or? yeah they were simmons yeah. and you were at simmons i think that uh, um, I, maybe during that time yeah just a little after that and, and that's when i that's when i met you was 85 and i think i was you know i would jump we'll jump around but the first time i met you was uh, you came in and and uh, there was a guy working there that you would remember. I think his name is Bill Threlkeld. He worked for yes. Pearl. Yes. Yeah, remember Bill? And and yeah, and you were a Pearl artist at the time. And and he introduced us. And you were like this, exactly the way you are now. This like gregarious, happy. Oh, oh man, great to meet you. You know, and oh. and I'm like. Oh, Tristan Bowden. Wow. You know, and, and, uh, yeah, I, anyway, that, that I always loved what you played on that song. Like, it's just so grooving, so great. So oh, tasty. Man. Thank you. Well, we, you know, we cut it with, uh, with acoustic drums first. And then of course, Simmons being like sort of the thing, you know, back then, yeah. uh, Kenny thought it'd be a good idea to overdub Simmons on it. And it was a great idea. It was a perfect thing. And I'd already worked out that drum pattern during those two hour rehearsals, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) so I knew, I knew uh, what to play, you know, what I played on the acoustic. So it's a combination of the acoustic drums and Simmons on that drum. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it sounds great. It's it's timeless too. You know, you hear it. You still hear it today on satellite radio, and it's it's timeless. It really is. It's, I'm I'm blown away that I got to be a part of music history in that way. You know, yeah. Uh, although, geez, you know that that uh the bass part that Nathan East played is so phenomenal, and I'm pretty sure that was what he played on that that first or second take. Uh, but. An interesting aside yet again about that song is we played it live aid, right? And yeah. we only played that one song. And we we flew in uh, after having done a show in Houston the night before, and I couldn't bring my drums. So gratefully, Stan Lynch loaned me his acoustic drums, and I only brought my Simmons, right? So uh, so we could approximate that sound or, or the record. And, uh, oh, dig it. But Eric Clapton was standing on the side of the stage and heard us play. Because, uh, of course, he played at, at Live Aid, too. And so the story goes, uh, he was so enamored with the bass playing on that thing that he asked Nathan to join the uh, like shortly thereafter. And yeah, yeah. Nathan left Kenny. It was to play with Eric. And uh, so, wow. So he's been, I didn't realize he's been playing with Eric that long because I've seen him with Eric, like in the, you know, in the nineties and in the two thousands, but it goes all the way back to like 85 or late eighties. Yeah. Basically. I'll pay, I'll pay, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
because yeah, uh, yeah, I believe it was. I'm trying to. Well, Live Aid was what year? It must have been eighty five. Was it eighty five? Because it was I yeah. About the yeah. time Footloose came out, I think it was eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And and jumping back a little before that, let's not forget I'm All Right, which was wow. my, I guess, my introduction to you. I knew who Kenny was. Oh, That's another great, you know, man, grooving tune. Man, thank you. You know, I, I've got to say that that, uh, that tune, George Hawkins, the bass player, and I uh, really kind of were trying to approximate and get the essence of that Mick Fleetwood, John McVie thing. You know, oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. And and we had actually the first year I was with Kenny, we were on the road during the rumors tour opening for Fleetwood Mac. And so we become friends with them. And that's how that whole whenever I call you friend with Stevie Nicks and, and Kenny, that's how yeah. it came to be. Um, OK, but on uh, uh, it wasn't long after that we cut uh, that that song for Caddyshack. And so. Uh, so we we love Fleetwood Mac and the, and that feel you know that thing that they have you know absolutely so, yeah uh, that yeah. wow that's great I I had no idea and and uh, and that song was written for the movie it was a song that like was Kenny tapped to write a song yes it was okay yeah and lyrically if, um, when you see the lyrics in front of you it kind of makes sense too yeah yeah uh, it does relate loosely to some parts of the movie you know so. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. sort of like uh, commissioned, if you will. <laughs> okay. Like and did you guys? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, did you guys think it would be the hit that it that song became? I mean, that was a massive hit too. No idea, no idea whatsoever. Yeah. And what was interesting was, I think it it, it uh, actually the soundtrack to the movie, uh, the the film company, whichever one it was, wanted to maintain the rights to the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. version so that, that version of I'm Alright we couldn't release as our own single so uh, the management we actually had done an, a record called Alive uh, with Kent yeah. Loggins and we performed that song and I sang the bridge on it uh, <laughs> oh man yeah that actually on the record was sung by Andy Money Right. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but Bruce Budnick, the guy that produced the the the, uh, the record, I'm all right, or or actually the live album, said, "Man, he sounds more like Eddie Money than anybody." Because in fact, <laughs> I I smoke you know a lot and I <laughs> a gruff, gruff voice. You know, so. Oh my god! Oh, this is great, man. This is some really inside shit we're getting here today. This is great. <laughs> all right, oh. man. Well, can I can I? Can I ask like a, a geeky gear question if I can? Please. I, I always love the sound of your toms on I'm All Right, especially. I mean, they're just so big and fat. Do you remember what kit you were using in those days? Absolutely. And I'll tell you who the engineer was and where we did it Great. and everything. Yeah. yeah. It was actually uh, a set of Tama uh, superstars, you know, wow. the double-headed ones, because I'd been using yeah. the Tama concert toms before that. It's the first set I got from that. But that was my first endorsement, was actually Tama. And uh, so uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful wood kit. And uh, we had set up in this brand new uh, room at A&M that they had built that was all like like marble and glass. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, But you could, could kind of pull the curtains on the mirrors 
to tailor how much splash there was in the room, you know, or make it greater or less. Yeah. It was Andy Johns, the great oh. late Andy Johns, who was an engineer. So, man, I mean, I hit my snare drum and it went stink. And I thought, are you sure? Are you sure about this, Andy? And he went, trust me. So, okay. Yeah. Oh. So the drums, when we were cutting, it just sounded, God, it was so blurry. And I mean, you know, that I was going, wow, I hope this turns out okay. But then on the record, there's none of that, you know, when you wow, do the record. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, um, and what an amazing engineer! Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. Did, did he did he mic the drums? Were they mic'd more sort of live? Like like you say, it was a, like a live room. So did he have? Was it? You know, like an overhead? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. did some of that and some close micing too. And some and close much mic. like his brother, right? Or or yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn, Glenn yeah, who sort of pioneered all of that. Well, I got to work with him too with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Much later, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I really got to see firsthand that whole Glenn Johns thing, you know, that, that worked so well for the Stones and Bonham and everybody. Yeah, man, what a, I know, what a concept, and it, it, uh, you know, this, the sound is just like, like you say, that the, the idea of, of miking that way seems so maybe unorthodox, but the result is amazing. Yes, you know? and it was so. Yeah counter uh the thinking of the day because it used back then you know we'd throw a mattress on the you know in the 70s anyway on yeah, the, yeah for a while on the tom tom and the snare i mean it may as well have been a mattress because it was all putty you know in the early 70s yeah. anyway and uh wow. it had to be real tight you know tight miking no ambience you know absolutely yeah
that's my show i hope you enjoyed it if you did give it a like leave me a comment don't forget to subscribe to my youtube channel if you haven't done that already and the podcast is available on all the podcast platforms so download it and remember no drummers are ever harmed on live from my drum room or track talk and drummers when in doubt leave it out all right again thanks for watching thanks for listening and i'll see you again real soon see ya